Section 109 of India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World's Story, Volume 2 India, Persia, Mesopotamia, and Palestine. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 109 god wills it ten ninety five by francois pierre guillaume guizot hakim caliph of egypt from nine hundred ninety six to ten twenty one persecuted the christians especially at jerusalem with all the violence of a fanatic and all the capriciousness of a despot he ordered them to wear upon their necks a wooden cross five pounds in weight he forbade them to ride on any animals but mules or asses and without assigning any motive for his acts he confiscated their goods and carried off their children it was told to him one day that when the christians assembled in the temple at jerusalem to celebrate easter the priests of the church rubbed balsam oil upon the iron chain which held up the lamb over the tomb of christ and afterwards set fire from the roof to the end of the chain the fire stole down to the wick of the lamp and lighted it then they shouted with admiration as if fire from heaven had come down upon the tomb and they glorified their faith hakim ordered the instant demolition of the church of the holy sepulchre and it was accordingly demolished another time a dead dog had been laid at the door of a mosque and the multitude accused the christians of this insult hakim ordered them all to be put to death the soldiers were preparing to execute the order when a young christian said to his friend it were too grievous that the whole church should perish it were better that one should die for all only promise to bless my memory year by year he proclaimed himself alone to blame for the insult and was accordingly alone put to death meanwhile interest in the holy land was growing stronger every year rich and poor nobles and peasants were making pilgrimages to jerusalem sometimes several thousand in a company when they returned often with their numbers sadly diminished they had terrible tales to tell of the sufferings that they had undergone while trying to fulfil a pious duty matters grew worse and worse for the most barbarous tribe of the turks now ruled the holy land and the savage cruelty shown to both pilgrims and christian inhabitants became intolerable the ardour of the christians of the west was all ready to burst into flame peter the hermit was the man who applied the torch the editor peter the hermit who was born in the neighbourhood of amiens about ten fifty had gone as so many others had to jerusalem to say his prayers there struck disconsolate at the sight of the sufferings and insults undergone by the christians he had an interview with simeon patriarch of jerusalem who recognizing in him a man of discretion and full of experience in affairs of the world set before him in detail all the evils with which the people of god in the holy city were afflicted holy father said peter to him if the roman church and the princes of the west were informed by a man of energy and worthy of belief of all your calamities of a surety they would essay to apply some remedy thereto by word and deed write then to our lord the pope and to the roman church and to the kings and princes of the west and strengthen your written testimony by the authority of your seal as for me 
i shrink not from taking upon me a task for the salvation of my soul and with the help of the lord i am ready to go and seek out all of them solicit them show them the immensity of your troubles and pray them all to hasten on the day of your relief the patriarch eagerly accepted the pilgrim's offer and peter set out going first of all to rome where he handed to pope urban the second the patriarch's letters and commenced in that quarter his mission of zeal the pope promised him not only support but active cooperation when the propitious moment for it should arrive peter set to work being still the pilgrim everywhere in europe as well as at jerusalem he was a man of very small stature and his outside made but a very poor appearance yet superior powers swayed this miserable body he had a quick intellect and a penetrating eye and he spoke with ease and fluency we saw him at that time says his contemporary guibert de nogent scouring cities and town and preaching everywhere the people crowded round him heaped presents upon him and celebrated his sanctity by such great praises that i remember not that like honour was ever rendered to any other person he displayed great generosity in the disposal of all things that were given to him he restored wives to their husbands not without the addition of gifts from himself and he re-established with marvellous authority peace and good understanding between those who had been at variance in all that he did or said he seemed to have in him something divine insomuch that people went so far as to pluck hairs from his mule to keep as relics in the open air he wore a woollen tunic and over it a serge cloak which came down to his heels he had his arms and feet bare he ate little or no bread and lived chiefly on wine and fish in ten ninety five after the preaching errantry of peter the hermit pope urban the second was at clermont in auvergne presiding at the grand council at which thirteen archbishops and two hundred and five bishops or abbots were met together with so many princes and lay lords that about the middle of the month of november the towns and the villages of the neighbourhood were full of people and divers were constrained to have their tents and pavilions set up amidst the fields and meadows notwithstanding that the season and the country were cold to an extreme the first nine sessions of the council were devoted to the affairs of the church in the west but at the tenth jerusalem and the christians of the east became the subject of deliberation the pope went out of the church wherein the council was assembled and mounted a platform erected upon a vast open space in the midst of the throng peter the hermit standing at his side spoke first and told the story of his sojourn at jerusalem all he had seen of the miseries and humiliations of the christians and all he himself had suffered there for he had been made to pay tribute for admission into the holy city and for gazing upon the spectacle of the exactions insults and tortures he was recounting after him pope urban the second spoke in the french tongue no doubt as peter had spoken for he was himself a frenchman as the majority of those present were grandees and populace he made a long speech entering upon the most painful details connected with the sufferings of the christians of jerusalem that royal city which the redeemer of the human race had made illustrious by his coming had honoured by his residence had hallowed by his passion had purchased by his death had distinguished by his burial she now demands of you her deliverance men of france men from beyond the mountains 
nations chosen and beloved of god right valiant knights recall the virtues of your ancestors the virtue and greatness of king charlemagne and your other kings it is from you above all that jerusalem awaits the help she invokes for you above all nations god has vouchsafed signal glory in arms take ye then the road to jerusalem for the remission of your sins and depart assured of the imperishable glory which awaits you in the kingdom of heaven from the midst of the throng arose one prolonged and general shout god willeth it god willeth it the pope paused for a moment and then making a sign with his hand as if to ask for silence he continued if the lord god were not in your souls ye you would not all have uttered the same words in the battle then be those your war cry those words that came from god in the army of the lord let naught be heard but that one shout god willeth it god willeth it we ordain not and we advise not that the journey be undertaken by the old or the weak or such as be not suited for arms and let not women set out without their husbands or their brothers let the rich help the poor nor priests nor clerks may go without the leave of their bishops and no layman shall commence the march save with the blessing of his pastor whosoever hath a wish to enter upon this pilgrimage let him wear upon his brow or his breast the cross of the lord and let him who in accomplishment of his desire shall be willing to march away place the cross behind him between his shoulders for thus he will fulfil the precept of the lord who said he that doth not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me the enthusiasm was general and contagious as the first shout of the crowd had been and the pious prelate ademar bishop of puy was the first to receive the cross from the pope's hands it was of red cloth or silk sewn upon the right shoulder of the coat or cloak or fastened on the front of the helmet the crowd dispersed to assume it and spread it End of section 109. This recording is in the public domain.